to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And she's like, what porn do you watch? Like, I think it was, I don't know, it was just a question that she wanted to know. And I was like, that's sort of how I knew I'd only ever, I think I'd only ever watched hetero porn once or twice. It was always um, homosexual porn. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. I pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Steve was a happily married man with his wife and two young kids. But he was also living a lie. You see, Steve is gay and he tried to suppress it for a very long time but eventually the truth came out. We explore how Steve was able to mask this for so long, how he could have sex with women, how he discovered his sexuality, and how he broke the news to his wife and kids. Welcome to the deep, Stephen, or Steve. Um, Either or that. Steve sounds better. I don't feel like I'm in trouble. Steve, you have had a fascinating experience. You've got a story. You actually reached out to us. Let's go to like the end, mid-2019, when something was brewing inside of you. Give me a, a snapshot of what your life looked like at that point. That Yeah, it was a pretty start of a, a steep decline, I guess, in my mental health because I was – um, my job that I do is quite isolating and I spend probably 11 hours of the day on my own and I usually listen to podcasts and stuff like that and I just signed up and started a psychological science degree but I was happily married to children, great job, good life. We just relocated to um, a coastal city on the in New South Wales and Everything was really good. <laughs> how long had you been married and how old were the kids? Um, so I think we were married, we were together all up for six years and um, married for about two, I think, of those. Um, at the time, so 2020, my little boy was four and my little girl was two. So pretty busy. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, full on. Very similar to lots of, you know, young families. You're kind of in the midst of it. It's very chaotic. Life, though, sounds good. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. You said decline. What started to happen? At the end of 2019, I was starting to wonder what my life would look like um, being authentically me, I guess. And I started to explore the avenues of, yeah, I was, well, I started to submerse myself in podcasts of like people coming out and accepting who they are. And, um, yeah, and I always just wondered what my life would look like in that aspect. It's a pretty full on thing to go from who I, who am I authentically to like, I'm listening to coming out podcasts. Yeah. Was there something in you for a long time that you thought that you could be gay? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess I would have known from a pretty young age, um, but I guess our generation and your upbringing and my family was a pretty military-style family, private school boy, um, yeah. And I think even though my parents always said and my mum would say, you know, we would love you no matter what, it doesn't matter, like, whoever you are, but I think when you see some of the repercussions in society, um, in your circle, at your school, um, why would you why would you want to be that? Like, why... Yeah, I just was happy focusing on my sport. I did quite well at sport, I was, um, and I think that was my distraction. Um, but yeah, who who would want to be that? Like it was just something that I understood. There was a lot of negative association with it, and um, a lot of conditioning on my behalf. Uh, yeah, young probably pre-10 years old, I think I would, uh, the conditioning started on myself of like, I can't stand that way, I can't hold a glass a certain way or, you know, even like passing a pen to somebody had to be a masculine way, otherwise I would be found out like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, um, yeah, a lot of conditioning. It's still unpicking it, I, I suppose, to this day. Because but... I think it's a, a common thing that lots of youth deal with, feel. It, it breaks my heart because, you know, you have to somehow survive in this lie. Do you have an outlet are you like doing things secretly throughout, you know, puberty into adulthood? Are you, do you have a beard of girlfriends, but really you're dabbling on the side? Or are you just like, that's too dangerous? I suppose you just took note of things of like, uh, just swimming or in the locker rooms or something like that, all boys school, you know, people would joke around and things like that. And, um, but yeah, definitely a beard of, girlfriends um it was 
think by the time I was in grade eight, I'd nearly dated all the girls in my class. Um, quite charismatic, I think. And, um, yeah, I was a very, it never really got me down. Like it was just something that I knew so deep down it was not an option. And I think when you accept that, it's very easy to just put it in the vault, push it down and move on. Like there was never a point that I could just sit with it and um, accept it, I guess, or I wouldn't allow myself to, I suppose. Are you gay or bi? I get that. I do get that a lot, even in the this community, like the LGBT community, but definitely gay. Um, and until I came out, I had never said that word to myself as like, I am gay. Like, wow. yeah, it was such a negative association with that word. I mean, you know, you live a life of faggot and poofta and um, you just, yeah, there was such a negative association with those words. So when you're intimate with your female partners as you get older yeah. and you're, you have a marriage, um, how do you perform? Like, is it, how, does, how does it all work? I think even like in speaking with my ex-wife, you know, we've had, you know, she, the sex was always great. Like, it was good. There was really no spontaneous um, sex or spontaneity with the relationship because it was a thing that I had to put a lot of energy into. And um, I never, like people always said, what were you thinking of? And I never, definitely never had had to distract myself. I think I trained myself to be a sensory person and a touch person and um, intimacy for me is, you know, it's not always intercourse. Um, yeah. I very much like, yeah, touch stimulation and stuff like that. So I think I could just sort of program myself to that was enough for the build up and, um, and things to, mm. to move forward. I, yeah. Because it's so interesting when I talk to my gay friends about heterosexual sex and vaginas they're so disgusted and a lot of them have been with women but now it's like ew ew you know fannies are gross and I wonder like about that because I think that you know there's a spectrum of me that has queerness um and queer sex for me is not gross like I I think both things could be beautiful but I think when you identify as I'm a gay man yeah yeah, it's a really fascinating thing of how do you do the do because it is such a um, mental and physical connection so I wanted to ask you that we're gonna have so much to cover but I do want to go to the point where you said you're alone a lot in your work, yeah. your mental health is, is you're questioning authenticity. All of these things are bubbling to the surface. February, 2020 arrives, mm. right? We're a month yeah. out from COVID. What are you like going back there? <laughs> it was such a uh, hectic month. How did you know, like with two small children, a life partner, 
that you'd committed to. How are you like, fuck, I cannot lie about who I am. I have to talk about this. I have to bring it up. It is going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. I have to do it. Was it just like I can't, I, I physically can't, Lie, I can't hold this lie in anymore. How was that moment? Um, the lie stuff for me, I think once I, the months leading up to that, I had accepted it within myself that, that this is who I am. And then the hurdle was when and how the fuck do I bring this up? Like, yeah, I was plan, not really planning anything. I was just, the, once I had accepted it, I, I felt this tremendous guilt for for my ex. And, you know, we were still youngish. Like, she wasn't quite 30 um, and I was 32. Uh, and um, I was just like, who am I to be the one that controls her and um, wastes her life? Like, that's so wrong. And, yeah, I just felt guilt for her and I wanted her to be able to move on. Um, yeah, and that was sort of when I started to slide down a little bit. I was a lot very absent at home um, with the kids. Like, we just had our routine. She worked quite a lot. I worked quite a lot. So we do these, We were doing these rotational shifts. It was more of like a high five at the front door. I would walk in, she would mm. walk out and go to work. Um yeah, so that was that was the driving emotion behind it. I think for me it was like I'd accepted it within myself and it was time to move forward and stop wasting this person's life. Like I just felt it was pretty unfair for her. How did you say it? Um, no, it was <laughs> it's a bit of a weird story. So Moving from where we moved to, I had quite a large circle of friends. We were in the country. I would race, like ride motorbikes, help people race, like little racing teams and stuff like that. And I'm very social. And when we moved here, um, I had nobody. Um, I had my wife. I'd started at a new job. Um, so I didn't really know anybody there. Um, and my ex I was like, you know, you need to, why don't you join the gym or you need to do something like she could, she could see that I was starting to withdraw a little bit and becoming absent. And she just thought, you know, maybe I missed that social part of my life. And so listening to a couple of podcasts about like people coming out, this app was getting thrown around and it was good old grinder. And I was like, wonder what this is and so I downloaded it and thinking I think for me I was like am I the only person going through this am I the only one who's married with kids and I'm pretty in this and um yeah so downloaded that and started talking to this guy who um you know I said to him you know are you gay by and learning all the terminology my god that was a whole different thing about <laughs> there was so many it was such an eye-opening experience like just with what the hell does this mean like i didn't even know what nsa meant like 
you know, no strings attached and oh. yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah, I did not yeah. either. So yeah. <laughs> it was like discreet, like NSA discreet fun, all this shit. And I was just like, I don't even know what this means. And, and talking to this guy, I was like, you know, would you ever come out? And he was like, fuck no. Like my job, he played footy. He's like, my life would be ruined. I wouldn't, I would never do that. It's not an option for me. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that's sort of how I feel, but that's sort of sad in a, in a way. Like I think, cause I had accepted it with myself, but yeah, so we, um, added each other on Snapchat and we're just talking and, um, I think as I started to withdraw a little bit more at home, uh, my ex sort of thought I was having an affair and we, um, nothing had really changed. I think we were probably busier than ever. There's a lot of stress at home. We'd taken a pay cut to be here as a sacrifice to live on this, in this beautiful place. And, um, yeah, so I went to bed one night and I woke up on my own in the bed and I was like, oh, hey, like, what are you up to? And she was in the bed downstairs, like in our spare room. And, um, I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I don't really want to talk to you right now. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Cause in my mind, I'm like, I've like nothing, I hadn't done anything wrong. Like what the hell? Like thought it was, and this person's name on Snapchat was not, you couldn't definitively tell if it was male or female. It was just a made up word as most, uh, um, and, yeah, so she was like, who are you cheating on me with? And I just said, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I've never done that. And Had you? No, no, definitely not. Okay. No, I, no I'm like pretty committed. She is my best friend from the, I knew from the day that I met her, like, I married my best friend, which I mean, is such a blessing also. And to, the, to this day, we we probably already spoke like six times this morning you know like it's just <laughs> it's a good relationship I'm very fortunate but okay so there wasn't betrayal in that sense no definitely not so we um because like, who are you cheating on me with and I just said I don't know what you're talking about like who what what the fuck and um she's and then she said well who is this and I was like oh shit okay you've gone through my phone and like in the six years that we'd been together I've never done this but I thought you were having an affair on me and I was like no um and immediately like I was sitting in the lounge room and I was just like fuck this is your only chance this is it without me having to say it this is it and I said I'm coming down and I just walked downstairs and she was like, who is, who is she? Like, who, who is this? And I was like, it's not a she, it's a he. And I'm only talking to them, but she'd opened the Snapchat that hadn't been opened on the other end. And there was a beautiful picture of my penis and I'd sent him. And so that's what she'd found. No, um, cats were there or anything. It was just that unopened <laughs> visual. Um, and yeah. And when I sort of said to her, it's not a she, it's a he, her, it's a bit weird. Like she's very open-minded and very progressive and amazing. And her genuine reaction was, oh, okay, if that's what this is, I'll support you. But like, it took a lot. Like, she's like, are you sure? Like, what's the go? And I still couldn't say the word. Like I couldn't bring myself to, to say it. So we, I sort of 
did the usual blanket of like, met, like I'm bi, I don't know, I'm confused and like all these things. And it's just a, at that point it was all still like a fantasy of that, like being intimate with a man was still, yeah, like such a fantasy. Two things. Yeah. I think lots of people are going to be screaming at mm. the podcast going, that is betrayal, sending a dick pic I know, I know. is a betrayal. Yeah, I can see people's both sides of that. Like, But for me in that situation, like we would just been talking and I was like, I'd never done anything like that. Like, and Did she see the first dick pic you sent? Yeah, a man, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's the fir- that's a wild <laughs> <laughs> wild timing. Yeah. So yeah. this is out mm. you're navigating. She's almost said like I'll support you through whatever this is yeah. with the intention that you're going to stay married or um I think that was just it was a very emotional morning and to me she had a lot of gay friends and I think to me that's what I needed to hear at that at that moment and it comfort comforted me so much and I think it made us you know we things got a little bit awkward after that things like broke down a little bit we obviously had to come to a lot of realizations and we weren't sure what was going to happen moving forward um yeah, so it, it was a few more, and then, yeah, and then COVID hit, and um, it was you're locked we were in locked together, in, locked in as a family um, with no outlet. There was no, couldn't go out to the pub, or um, I s- still haven't been to a gay bar in my life. I haven't been to a gay club. I, yeah, it's. Can I ask a question? So at this point in your life, had you ever been intimate with a man ever? Yeah, yeah, I had. Pre Pre, the marriage? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how did these, was it more than one? Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, there was a, it was probably like two or three guys that just, even like very mild stuff, nothing um, crazy, obviously. It was just like experimental stuff. But um, the one thing that when, when we were getting ready to, present this, for lack of a better word, to the families. Like, her family's quite a big family. My family's quite big. We'll spread out. Um, I said, I, I can't emotionally ring everybody and and handle this. I think it would it was just absolutely way too much for me. Um, so in my, in my job, because I am isolated, I had a lot of time to um, write this massive big letter on my phone. I just wrote it in my notes. And I sent it to her, but I left the part where I said I'm gay or I didn't know what to put there. Um, and so, like, I sent it to my ex-wife and just said, I don't know what to put there. Like, what what do I put there? And she's like, what porn do you watch? Like, I think it was, I don't know, it was just a question that she wanted to know. And I was like, that's sort of how I knew I'd only ever, I think I'd only ever watched hetero porn once or twice. It was always um, homosexual porn. Um, and she's like, you need to put gay. And I was like, immediately I like flooded with a bit of rage. I think just the conditioning, mm. I was like, mm. I like I was so, but I'm not. And 
But before I could even say anything, I was just like, yeah, you're right. It's almost like you needed her to say it before you could yeah, say it. Yeah, I couldn't it. say it. <laughs> I could not say it. And so, yeah, I wrote, wrote this big thing and I didn't, I was procrastinating. I didn't want to send it. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I think we were just dealing with it day by day and at that point, even with COVID and the kids were still so young, we were so busy. Um, and she's like, we need to, we need to tell the family. And she was really good. She was sort of my, um, supportive push into everything, I guess, because I didn't want to say, I wasn't going to say, if it was up to me, I would not have sent it. Like I was like, no, I've done it to myself. I've done it to you. You're the most important person in my life. The kids will grow up to this and it's, um, a bridge will cross them and get to that. But yeah, so we sent it off. <laughs> I want to go back to the letter, but mm. something I feel nagging that the audience is going to want to know, and you cannot speak on her behalf, yeah. but was she, Did she know? blindsided? Yeah. Was she heartbroken? Yeah, she was. And after she sort of said that, do we just get a bigger house and you have your area and I'll have my area and we would just co-parent that way. And because um, I think, you know, after coming out to everybody, we'd just taken it day by day and then we sort of hadn't thought too much about what the future looked like. Um, it wasn't until one of her closest friends, he's a, um, a really good friend, sort of said, you know, you you need to stop being selfish and keeping him around for the children and, and let him go. Like, he's 32, doesn't know who he is. We, like you need to accept this and, and that's when we sort of had the discussion about yeah me moving out and and that was a really heavy moment because we both had to accept that at that point the marriage was over and we had to rebuild co-parenting and everything was just going to be different. Mm. Your kids are so little. Yeah. What do you say to them? It's only been probably this year, my son, he's just turned six and at school and, you know, he'd come home one day, it was a few months ago, and was saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to marry this person and this person's going to marry this person. And, and he has asked before, like, you know, did, did you and mummy get married? And I said, yeah, we, we were married because we love each other and we're best friends. Like, if you marry your your best friend that's probably the best thing you could do and and now like as as he's getting a little bit curious about those things I, I say to him well you know um daddy's gonna marry a man like I, that's just what happens and the look <laughs> the first look was like what <laughs> but you, only a man and a woman can get married and I was like is this the school is this <laughs> the community already like is it does it start that young and um, I said, yeah, mate, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet a man and I'm gonna marry a man. And, you know, you can marry whoever you want as long as you treat them right and they treat you right. It doesn't matter. Like, and I think that's really the only conversation that we've, we've had. Like, I think cause, um, my ex and I, we still have such an amazing relationship and we're still so present in each other's lives. Like, we often have dinner at my place or I'll go to her place and we have dinner and um, 
we do all the birthday parties together and it's not just like family events, it's on a day-to-day thing, you know, we we speak so much. So the kids see that and I think for my little one, she it's just normal for her and she's such a strong-souled person, I think, that she, she's fine. My boy at the, at the start, I remember when I first moved into my apartment, I had a mattress on the ground, a laptop as a TV on a TV cabinet, and I had a lounge, and that was it. And I sort of said to my ex, I was like, I, I don't really want them here because I wanted it to feel safe and I wanted it to feel homely. And and it just got to a point where I missed them, and I just said, bring them, bring them here, and we'll have a sleepover at Daddy's. And I just remember the look on my boy's face when he walked in the door. Um, I was just so heartbroken and I just cried all night once he was asleep because I just felt like I'd, this, he was just like, what is this? Like, this isn't home. Like, I want to go to mummy's. And I was, that next day I just went out and bought everything. I was like, stuff this. Like, I just need, I really made that mistake of not making him feel safe. And, um, yeah, so I changed that, (laughs) changed that pretty quickly, but yeah, it's, yeah, to them, even the parents of his friends, like when we go to parties, like I've told them, I, I can tell this story in 10 minutes, I can tell it longer. You know, it's something that I've had to accept. Is that confronting in a smaller town to be who you are? Where we moved from, not a damn option. There is like a one set of traffic light country town. You know, it was, uh, we and we didn't want anybody to know Back then, like, when I did come out, I rang my closest friends, my longest friends, and everyone else I sort of thought they'll find out along the way through either my socials or something like that. They'll see that something's changed. Um, But when it got back to the town, I was surprised it didn't make the bloody paper. Like, it was just, it was a lot. Like, and, but the funny thing is, and this is, I think, why I agreed and wanted to do this was just, I had people contact me from out there that were like, oh, I wish I knew about you when you were out here because, you know, I would hitch up. And I was like, dude, I was the Great Wall of China out there. I had the, we, you know, we had the the great life. And I said I had so much to protect and it just wasn't an option, like, to me to accept that. And um, even, like, two days ago I had someone from out there that contacted me and, it's still happening and it it's important it is important i think you know i'm from that blue collar hard-working military family all boys like there's i'm one of three boys um drove my mum crazy um yeah and you know it's i think you build it up so much in your mind and i think you know people come out when they're ready and i think that this was my time to do that i I don't think I could have done it earlier. Nothing changes. Like you build it up to this massive thing and then when you do do it, nothing changes. Like I've lost friends over it, but I've made more and close. The friendships that I have today are just beautiful because it is, I have nothing to hide. and It's honest. Yeah, it is. It is. Your mum and dad and brothers, what was the reaction like? Were they surprised? For my mum's response, uh, she wasn't too surprised. Um, my dad, he is such 
a changed man from when we were younger, like he was in the military and he's had a lot of hurdles in his life and he's addressed a lot of things now and he's amazing. Like, yeah, they, everyone is so supportive and no one cares. And I, the day that I came out, like after the day that I sent that message, I just got in the car and drove to the beach and I think I just cried for four hours. I just sat there and, and cried on my own because I'd never felt so alone um and like when you have conditioned yourself your whole life to be something that you thought you had a choice in and and fought to not be um it was yeah it was it was freeing it was i felt like that weight lifted but it was also i was so scared and um yeah I was not disappointed because it is who I am, but I think just to give up that fight and to accept it. And it was a, a mixed bag. It was a very emotional day. I remember like, yeah, I used to just go to work and cry when I was on my own listening to these podcasts and just think, what would that be? What would my life look like? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. What's your wife, ex wife? Was she just like fuck you for making me a single parent or was she like no I feel like we're still in this together I mean you can't speak for her I guess but I'm curious I think at the start you know I I don't think she's ever resented me for that fact I think there has been some obviously it's been a roller coaster and i I don't know her true feelings. Like we do have a lot of open discussions about stuff, but this is just something we we just accepted, put it on our back, and just moved forward. I think, and just for the to save the relationship and for the kids. But I will, and to this day, always hold that guilt of where she is now. Like I put her there, like single mum renting she works her ass off and you know I, I wish I could have made that a bit easier like but that's something that I will carry like I always I always think about her and the kids daily about you know but I, I'm so thankful like I'm so grateful because I also think of like how how what's the split with the kids do you have one week each no so it's um because I work a rotating roster, um, so on my days off, I, I'll have the kids. So I um, picked them up from school yesterday and had them last night. I have them tonight and I'll have them tomorrow. Um, and then when I work, they, they go to my exes. Um, but she's so awesome. Like I get every second weekend off and she's just like, well, you know, if you only get those weekends off like two weekends a month. And if, if you have the kids that whole time, you won't have a life. And so we split that weekend that I have off. Um, 
Whereas, you know, I'll get one night to myself on a weekend mm. and then the weekend after I'll get two nights and she'll have the one. And so she gets her time, her downtime, because it's, you know, what it's like. It's our, a lot. It is. Our kids, I think your boy's the same age as my little one. So, yeah, yeah it's crazy and it's hectic and you need that, you need that downtime. Some of our friends that are still married, they're like, fuck, I just wish I need to get divorced because you just have so much time to yourself. Have like, that one day. Yeah, you, yeah, one day. It's like two days a month I think I get when I to don't yourself. have the kids. Yeah. So let's talk about that private time now. Like let's talk about post-COVID and your first dibble-dabble into <laughs> your authentic world and self and men and tell me like – are you intimidated moving into this space? Are you nervous? Oh, Are you yeah. just like horny as hell and want to like smash? Like where's it at? <laughs> at the start, it was very much like once COVID had lifted and I'd got my own place, I think it was, oh God, the, like the first couple of times I'd met a guy, I, I was, I was so, I, did, I didn't know what to do. Like I was like, I don't know how to navigate this, especially like two masculine energies and, you know, it was, yeah, it would have been so embarrassing to watch, but um, it's it's good now. I think I'm so relaxed. I'm so content in my world now. Always looking to meet somebody, but it's a that's a difficult thing with kids. You're single. Yeah, single. So I've only dated a couple of guys. Like I'm, ex- it's a shitty excuse, but yeah, just extremely time poor. The guys that I have dated have been down your way, and. Um, that also puts a lot of pressure in because it's took like a few hours from where I am. So, and it's a logistic nightmare with the kids. And how's the um, homosexual community in the town you're in? Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty, I think when I first came out, um, I did the whole, I don't know if you'd call it like a midlife crisis thing, joined the gym and went into this challenge and lo- like I lost so much weight and. Just, but I was so happy. Like that was, I think, because I was hiding everything with just drinking and just, you know, that as we do, like you know, you use those coping mechanisms. But um, where I am now, when I, it was pretty brutal because <laughs> like coming out after thirty, I think you might as well be fifty in the oh. gay world. They were, it was a difficult thing to do, <laughs> um, but. It's pretty good. Like I can't say I've got a couple of, I've definitely got a couple of really close gay friends that are just amazing and I love being around them because they don't care and, you know, it took me 30 years or whatever, like, to be here and and I look at them and some some of them are where the most outrageous, not outrageous things, but, like, they will chop their jeans up and, like, chop their shirts and do, like, crop tops and we will go to, like, the pub, you know, in town. There might be a DJ playing or something. And no one says anything and no one cares. But that the biggest thing is I just love being around them because they they don't give a fuck. And it's so uplifting just to be like, yeah, this is so nice just to be to be there. Apart from losing a few friends, have you experienced homophobia? Um, the industry that I work in is very masculine and to be honest, I think the the ones that I thought were going to have an issue with it, like the older generation, 
aren't like they're pretty good and the ones that I thought were going to be okay with it a few of them have um I think that they can't get past that's gay Steve I'm the token gay boy I think there might be one other out gay person where I am the rest you know I don't know if it's their insecurities or Mm. and it's so funny like as you navigate this world it's still there's so many things like you know straight people don't have to come out and why why should we and um I mean, if I painted my nails and rocked up to work with a drag wig on and makeup, and, you know, that might be a different story because I'm, I'm not that in your face with, with anything. And I think especially I spend six, six months of my life working with these people nonstop. I just try and make it comfortable for everybody, but there's some mm. guys out there that I can say anything to and they don't bat an eye and they're just so amazing and, you know, and there's others that I just can't say anything to or about or, yeah, even joking. Like, you know, it's a it's a funny industry. I know for a fact that some of my closest gay friends sleep with many, many, many married men on the apps, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you still come across lots of married men on the apps? Yeah, and I think, yeah, absolutely. Um I would say that's probably a lot of my clients. <laughs> um, Is it? I, because um, um, even some of, like, I think some of them have said to me, you know, I like that we could go to the pub and have a beer and no one would know anything. It just looks like two mates having a beer. And I was like, well, that's kind of like a fuck you to me. Like, I don't know how to take that because, yeah, you know, I'm not here to make you comfortable. Also, you're here sucking my dick. Like, what? <laughs> What the fuck? Like, you know, it doesn't get much more <laughs> yeah. gay than that. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's so, so common and it's so, yeah, I always say to them, like, it's sad that that's. Do you? Yeah, I do. Um, like, I, cause they say oh, I'm married. I, I don't want to, oh, my face or I, I don't want to say my name. And I'm like, dude, um, I was married. I got two kids. Like, you know, it took me a lot to accept this and. And they're like, fuck. And I was like, yeah, like, it's sad that you think that you're in this corner and you can't can't own it. Like, yeah. Do you feel like you're a park counsellor too now when you come across these people? Yeah, some of them. Yeah, some guys are, um, some guys that I talk to now, like, we have probably developed a good friendship out of that. Some block you straight away and, like, don't want anything to know because they're too scared to accept it. Um, But some of them, yeah, like... Of, of my generation, I think there's a couple of guys that I know we met through socials. Uh, wasn't even on the apps. It was more just like on Instagram and stuff like that. And there's a guy like up north. He's, he's in the same situation as me. He has a, I think his baby just turned one, came out, um, a few months ago. And he's the only other guy I think that I've spoken to that his wife, they still live together and they're yeah. trying to navigate that part of their life yeah. now and yeah and she's so supportive and I'm like dude you're like the only guy I've ever heard of that it's gone smoothly like um and the other one you know it's just all brutal that I think the yeah which you can't blame the partners absolutely not and I'm thinking for the women that are listening now that would never ever expect their partners or husbands being on the apps. Could you be helpful for a second? Because, you know, your partner had no idea either and it's hidden really well. But what are some telltale signs like, 
look like I'm not trying to make everyone a detective, but no, I think that's a pretty unhealthy it, thing. <laughs> that's an unhealthy thing, right? Yeah. But is it apps? No, because I, I think the apps is the easiest, especially grinder. You don't have to show a face. You don't have to have a name. You can put a fake age. Don't literally have to list anything. Snapchat. Snapchat is I I use Snapchat to keep in contact with some of my friends that are in Mount Isa. Or, Things like that. Like, and I talk to my friends through that, but that is uh, obviously, it was designed for that purpose. I, you know, so I think people use that. But to go back to what you're saying about um, women who think that they have no idea, after I came out, even some of our female friends in our um, friendship world were contacting my ex-wife being like, how did you know? What do I need to look for? I think this this person's. I think something's up with him. You know, he might. Mm, mm. You know, there might just be a feminine, more feminine guy, but still hetero. Like it's just. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I don't know. It's something that I had to accept in myself is like both the femininity and masculinity, and and just run with it. Like I think that's such a empowerment for men if they can accept that hetero or homosexual, whatever, like any community that you're a part of, I think you need to accept both worlds mm. to be wholesome. But the women, women, if you're questioning your husband, then, you know, trust your gut. <laughs> I don't know. Because I think intuitively I'm quite an intuitive person. I think women naturally are. It's a, it's a, safety thing trust your instincts and you know you can't force anybody to be out though like it took me look how long it took of me to course took me, took me two kids and a marriage and to, you got to accept it within yourself first like and that that was the day that things changed for me the day that i internally said yeah fuck this is me i'm exhausted i was exhausted of just you know, there's so many memories of my childhood and growing up that are so clouded because of the conditioning of how I was standing. I was never in the moment. Like, I was never mm. enjoying things. And it was more of always, like, what are people going to think of me? What? Um, oh, yeah. It, I, yeah, a lot of people have all these memories, and I'm like, oh, shit, I don't remember much, like, at all because it was so, like, uh, tainted with my insecurities, like... I think if you accept it within yourself, I think that's the a good thing of moving forward. And but yeah, if you've got questions about your partner, you can't even approach them gently because it's such a defensive. They would, you know, it's a. I would hate to be on that other side, like having those doubts, and you can't talk about it, like because they're not going to say anything until they're ready. And, yeah, and it's brutal. You will know our last question because you have listened. (laughs) I'm an avid listener. (laughs) So I'm sure you have thought about the answer too. But, Steve, who are you when no one's watching? And I have thought about it and I, my my only answer is I'm still figuring that out. Like I'm coming up three years into this world and post-COVID, and I'm still trying to find my wings. Like it's it's challenging with kids, single parents, shift worker. Um, I'm an overthinker. Um, I'm still just trying to work that out. I just sit on the beach and make sure that I give myself 
that time and that love and reflection. I reflect so much and, and just be grateful for where I am today. I'm mm. very lucky. I know there's a lot of men that have done this and it hasn't worked out so good. There's a lot of men that take this to the grave. So, you know, it's, mm. I'm so, so thankful. Thank you so much for joining us on The Deep today. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi everybody, it is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you will hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.